This is In Search of the Pluriverse. We are Sophie Creer and Eric Vong. Join us in our search for a world in which many worlds can thrive. We were invited by Het Nieuwe Instituut to be the first curators of their traveling academy. For more context, go to pluriverse.hetnieuweinstituut.nl And follow us on Instagram at In Search of the Pluriverse. Okay, you're good goods because I have this uh, kind of shoes. Oh. If someone needs this 39, maybe they are a little bit. Oh yeah, because I like to go uh, to cats into the forest, yeah. yes. into the wild. Yes. So I can wear those, maybe. <laughs> 39. 39. 39. Oh. Yeah, because it's good. No, Why don't you ask the papa? 39. Ah, or maybe uh, also Giovanni has um, this Anyone kind of uh, big 45. For this edition of our search for manifestations of the pluriverse, we tune into the layered landscape of central Asturias in Spain. We encounter large-scale extractivist industrial activities and a patchwork of small-scale rural caserias, self-sustainable farms. In every conversation, we sense the remnants of the Franco regime in the civil war that linger on unrepaired. We traveled here wondering if the strong working class identity of the region, with its unions, strikes and hard-fought victories, still lives on today, as the industrial decline that started in the 80s carries on. At the same time, we see that tourism and leisure are becoming an important economic activity and that rewilding is high on the agenda of policymakers, making it food for marketeers who advertise Asturias as a natural paradise. Reality is obviously way more complex than a marketing slogan. Will the workers' culture of solidarity and struggle be the social foundation for Asturias' future? And can this future be a plural future that doesn't deny Asturias' pastoral past and ways of helping each other out? In this episode, we take you on a sonic tour as a trace of the vertical field trip on day two of our Traveling Academy program. From Madrid's busy cafes, we took the train to the industrial town of Gijón in Heli Asturias. We stayed at PACA, an art residency space founded by Virginia Lopez at farm Casa Antonino in the parish of Trubia. In the morning, we did farm stuff weaving the beginning of a fence from wood harvested in a nearby communal forest. In the afternoon, Traveling Academy participant Ana Carreño took us on a silent sound walk past a dried-out water basin and on to the big steel industries near the harbor. The contrast couldn't be bigger.
Okay, you're good goods because I have this uh, kind of shoes. Oh. If someone needs this 39, maybe they are a little bit. Oh yeah, because I like to go uh, to cats into the forest, yeah. yes. into the wild. Yes. So I can wear those, maybe. <laughs> 39. 39. 39. Oh, because it's good. No, Why don't you ask the papa? Ah, or maybe uh, also Giovanni has um, this kind of uh, big 45. So Virginia, we are in the patio of your caseria, of Paca, and it's Tuesday, and we're going to start our vertical field trip as a group. Uh, what are we going to do this morning with you and Giovanni? Well, today we are going to make cebatu, what's called in Asturian uh, language, cebatu or shebatu. Well, and it's like a kind of fence, but could be also like an um, intermediate wall used in uh, rural traditional architecture and for farming as well. And so it's made with uh, hazelnut branches. Like a, uh, like a weave, right? Yeah. And so the horizontal are the hazelnut branches and vertical should be um, chestnuts. And we are going to make this kind of fence in the garden because we have a lot of uh, wild pigs and so get into the orchard and, and garden and so on. So also a live fence could be in the future. Like Alive, that you would actually, that the trees would keep on uh, Yes, planting. some of them in some points, so with these other mm, trees that... So, okay. so we're getting prepared. Eric is putting boots on. Giovanni is here. Yeah, because... We have to take the, the branches from the hazelnuts uh, near the river. And so it's near the river where the fountain is? Yes, and so in Fonfria, in the area of Fonfria, so it's so wet and uh, so we need some boots. And <laughs> Off we go. Okay. <laughs> That's super long. <laughs> We're harvesting the hazel shoots. I think they're shoots, the two-year-old shoots that shoot from the, the trunk of the hazel tree. And we're cutting the nice, long, straight shoots and clean them off leaves. Actually, we're a bit too early with this because um, it's better to do it when the leaves are off but we're going to make a nice beginning with a lot of fencing they need to do for the winter so I think they need to do a few kilometers of fence and um, this is the start usually this is done in December, January but we start with it early wow this is the chupones, mm. which is uh, the new hazel young branch. Hazel young, yeah. 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 So it's good for the plant because it gets stronger 
and uh, they are used for making tools for farming and in this case to make these fences and, and walls. So this forest is really a production forest in that sense. The trees here were, have always been cut like this too. Yeah, yeah. All, all, I think every forest is like product, productive, no? So uh, even this, even if it's not used so much. And these are the flexible shoots that we're going to use for the weft, not yeah. for the warp. Yeah. Go in? Mm. Not, <laughs> not anymore. Vertical, vertical air. You've hit a rock, maybe. Just not a you, you can, can use the big one. The, earth. Earth. Yeah. the big one. The big. And it's um, Here it is. Virginia, the the poles are in. Giovanni uh, and everyone helped hammering them in, and now and now we begin to to bending and to create the fence with the hazelnut branches. Yeah. We're going to weave the hazelnut branches in there. Yeah. Okay, let's start. What is actually is the problem with the eucalyptus? Can you quickly say that? Uh, well, the eucalyptus, the problem is that uh, the um, take a lot of um, water from the soil and get um, very poor the soil so it's very also difficult to restore the soil and from eucalyptus plants and normally and it, and it loves to grow because it's full of it yeah they grow very quickly so it's they are very good for for example for paper industry also after cutting eucalyptus they profit the small branches for pellet industry so it's that why they were introduced here for that type of use pellets paper not pellet but yes paper for example and it was something that it was like uh, quick money for farmers for people who had these uh, pieces plots of forest so grew um, grow up quickly they have money not so much but quickly as well and they don't need to take care of their trees because with chestnut or with other trees you have to take care you have to every year take care of and with eucalyptus, no. So that's a problem because in Galicia, also here in Asturias, is full of this eucalyptus, which is also a risk for also for burning. Because so, it has a lot of oil in it. Huh? Yeah, and then also the soto sotobosco. You know, like the it's really dry. Also the the yeah. So they take a lot of water. Forest. They contain oil, which makes it even burn better. So it's a Double threat. Yeah. Double so. danger. Yeah. But it needs, it's needed also like a cultural change or like um, the mind, mind, the mind, yeah, in people because even now the AIDS are like really um, small and people at the end prefer to replant, not to replant, to go on with eucalyptus that is easy is no cost and they are receiving small money so it's something that has to do with aids from money helps but also education 
education and sensibilization. Yeah, because the costs are low, but the costs actually are quite high because it drags water out of the soil, it makes the soil poorer and you know, the danger for uh, forest burns is gets bigger. That's also costs. Yeah, of course. But that, that's not sunk in yet, that, that you should see the whole picture. And, and even you should see that with a restored forest, you have again money afterwards. You have not only like a restored landscape with all the ecosystem that is restored in terms of water, climate, birds, animals and everything, but you have also money because all these chestnuts and hazel uh, nuts and walnuts are uh, uh, expensive also in the market. You can eat it, but you can sell it and you can export them. So we have to profit the richness that even forest, cultivated forest, give to us. And we're going to go harvest some leaves. What are we going to harvest? Uh, we are going to harvest like Isatis tintoria leaves, which is a tinto plant for blue pigment, a traditional also crop for uh, pigment for dyeing. In, in Europe, like from ooh, the beginning of times and mainly during the Middle Ages. So Europe already had this natural pigment for blue before they went out and looked for the indigo yeah. in the, on the other side of the world. Yeah. We've always had an alternative here. Yeah, well, because it was like uh, yeah, uh, grow in Europe and in um, Asia area, you know, like it was also like the blue associated to Barbaros. Yeah. It was not so used by Romans and okay. And then there is another thing that I told you before that uh, that's why or maybe it was too Eric, I don't remember. That for example there is, for example, here a lot of land that is abandoned, that is not used, that people ha doesn't really know what don't do know what yeah. to do with that, and they are putting like um, horses because horses eat more grass than a cow, and they <laughs> <laughs> giving up with cows, so they put horses, and then uh, you know it's like a problem also all this. Um, Pastos, how mm -hmm. do you call it? Pastures. Yeah. I, I and think it should be, for example, okay, let's do, let's do this, for example, Isatis Tintoria, for example, that it's beautiful, that it's something that you can apply in different, you know, f for giving food to cows, for making color, to make workshops. Uh, it could be like a group of people working around all this Isatistintoria process and it would be like new for in the region. Yeah. But how was the response from the from the communities around around you in your project? <sighs> the response is nice, but it's nice to come one day to see yeah. to make uh, some activity and to live. And, to leave. and next weekend, what what shall we do? Um, <laughs> you know, it's like an entertainment mm -hmm. that it's also useful, or and they learn and they are so grateful because they told me, 
Oh, how, ma how, how lot of things I've learned, it's wonderful, it's what... But if you ask for continued... Um, Commitment. Yeah, and that responsibility mm -hmm. and take uh, their own initiatives also once that they can. But that's the mm -hmm. question, I think, Virginia, I think it's the question of co-ownership. Which is all about the cooperativa. Wow. Yeah. This whole idea of the cooperativa that Pascal was saying. Hmm. Ciao. And on my way down um, from the house, down past the reservoir, under the highway, and into the ArcelorMittal um, plants, um, I had given myself um, sort of an assignment to try to listen to the wind in the leaves of trees and try to be aware of the moment when I wouldn't hear that anymore. And I, uh, I actually didn't notice it when it was uh, overtaken by the sound of the highway and the steelworks. I did notice it on my way back up out of the factory when we walked over a former heap of residue which uh, has by now been overgrown by all these new plants. Because this morning uh, some people from the administration was here just checking, so I thought maybe you were checking too, and I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> we are just taking a walk uh, without any purpose. Oh, okay, 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 right. In Search of the Pluriverse is part of the Travelling Academy, an initiative of Het Nieuwe Instituut in close partnership with the Consulate General in Istanbul and embassies in Germany, Morocco, Spain and the UK. The Travelling Academy brings together makers from these regions and the Netherlands to learn how formal and informal ways of knowing can support each other in tackling ecological, sociopolitical and spatial issues.